We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Tuesday, June 7th, and this is one of two podcasts we're going to have today. So just giving you all a heads up on that, we're probably going to have one around 5 o'clock, 4.35 o'clock, so we'll let you all know when that's going to be. Have a better time here in a little bit, but that's all I'm going to say about that, Vince. You know, today's <laughs> show is going to be focused on the Notre Dame football team. And yes. You know, it's kind of interesting. Like, this is an off, an interesting offseason for Notre Dame in that there are, there are aspects where I'm, like, reading the preseason magazines and I'm like, okay, this guy's not getting enough love. And then you're like, oh, wow, like, they're giving mad respect to that group, right? Like, so I'm looking at, like, the Lindy's preseason magazine and I'm I'm just kind of, like, irate that there's, like, no Jason Adam Yule in there, right? And then I look over and I'm like, okay, Cam Hart's getting respect, number 10 corner coming back, you know, there's other guys getting respect. And then you know, you see that the offensive line is ranked as the number one offensive line heading in the season. The secondary is ranked fourth. So it's like, why well, they're getting some respect in some other areas. And then you read other publications and like top 25 D tackles in the country, you know, Jason Adamuel or Tyler Buckner can't play or whatever. Okay. So we've just been kind of going <laughs> back and forth on this kind of stuff. And I thought it'd be fun to do a show where we kind of break down the three players that we think are the most disrespected on the Notre Dame football team and then the three that are the most underrated. Now, there's a difference between the two to me. Underrated is just sort of like, you know, hey, this guy's a nice player and he did some nice things, but he's just not viewed properly. And then there's just like the disrespect is like, this guy stinks. He needs to not play or he's going to get benched this time or that other time and and. Or it's it can also be, you know, people are just like talking down a kid that you think should be much higher or they're not looking at a kid. So it, it takes in national, it takes in fans, it takes in the whole everything. And so I just, yep. we've kind of left it broad and open. And so we're going to get started with the disrespect, Vince. And there That's is a very one. heavy flavor in one direction on your, on your disrespected list, which I found interesting. And, uh, I'll have some thoughts on it big picture after you're done. Okay. But I'm going to let you kick it kick it off no. with your number. So we're just going to go one, 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 one. Okay. Right, and just 
talk about it and we'll just kind of, you know, we'll share our own thoughts on those players and just kind of, you know, rock through it so we can kind of get a nice rhythm. And, you know, you and I tend to, you know, stick on one and we got to rush through the last three because we focus on, <laughs> so we're going to kind of go through it that way, but I'm going to let you start it off Vince. So when we talk about the disrespected category, you kick things off with who is your most disrespected player returning for Notre Dame in 2022. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'll go ahead and start off with mine, Vince. Thank you. Um, my number one is, and, and I have, I, I might be putting him in the wrong list, but I have just kind of looked at how Jason Adamiola is viewed. And it's just kind of mind boggling for me. And Ryan and I have been talking a lot about this here the last, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, from a draft perspective, and then kind of looking at like preseason All-Americans and expectations. And Lindy's actually gave Jason some love, right? Like, so that was the first time I'd seen anybody kind of give Jason some some respect to like you know they talked about how him and Isaiah Foskey are key factors in why Notre Dame has the number four defensive line in the country heading into the 2022 season and so you know you kind of you you look at that and you say okay that's one but that's like it and I feel like there's when I look at Jason Adamilla it's even beyond to me like not being uh, he's underrated I think it it borders on just disrespect and and just not not so much fans but to a degree fans but when you just look at draft boards and 
you know, I've, I've heard some stuff about, you know, maybe like bottom of the draft, sixth, seventh round or undrafted. And then you read some of the analysis and you're like, like, I'm not sure what you're seeing or you're taking his couple negatives and like turning them into these huge big deals that they're not. And I'm like, this is to me one of the most disru- disruptive returning interior players in the country. And and to me, it, it gets back to it gets back to the notion, Vince, of he's got to produce more. I get all that, but if you can't watch the film and see that this kid is super productive, and some of the sacks other players are getting are because of his pressures, then I just don't know what to tell you. But when I watch Jason Adam Yola, Vince, I see a kid that is is super, super, I mean, underrated, but also to me just flat disrespected for not being the impact player that he is. So that's kind of where I, where I come from with my, with my number one guy. Are you ready to give your number one? Or are you in uh, a yeah. position to give? Okay. No, I'm definitely ready. So again, you, you kind of brought up a category of guys that I think is probably my two and three, because my number one guy is in a category all by himself. And I'm going to the offensive line. And I think that this young man is disrespected because I think he was playing out of position, to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I And it's Josh Lugg is who I'm talking about. And we had talked a long time about uh, – a long time ago, for that matter, about how he's better as a guard. And mm-hmm. I, I think that he's just – he's not as good in space as that you would want him to be a, to be a high-level tackle. Like, can he play tackle for some other teams? I do. I think so, yeah. But at Notre Dame, I think his best spot is at guard. And I think he gets disrespected based on what people were able to see from him at tackle as a full-time starter. And I think that he is going to show a lot of people this year that, hey, my position is inside. My position is guard. Even though he's 6'8 or 6'9, whatever he is, he's a massive human being. You wouldn't necessarily think that he's a guard material because he's that tall, which is why he doesn't work at center, to be honest with you. But I think guard is his natural position, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I really do, and I and I it's going to be really, really good for Josh Lug at guard this year, getting every every start. At least we think that he's going to be the starter at right guard, but getting every start, uh, being next to Fisher, and who knows who's going to be at center at this point. But I just feel like his position is guard. And he's going to be able to show some people, hey, I belong as a starting five at Notre mm-hmm. Dame, and it's going to be good for Notre Dame, and it's going to be good for Josh Lug. Yeah, I, I think last year his his play got way too much got way too much criticism. I thought there were times when he would get beat, but I thought overall Josh Plug was a quality football player last year. And I don't want to use Pro Football Focus rankings to back, make a point because I I think a lot of times their rankings stink, but they had him as Notre Dame's highest graded offensive lineman last year. So yeah, I I, I think uh, I, I like the having Lugs back on that one. That's a good one. Here's my number two. Okay, Braden Lindsey. I think Braden Lindsay has just gotten to the point where he's just flat disrespected at this point in time and not even like underrated. Cause I don't think you can call him underrated because he hasn't done enough to prove right. that he deserves sure. more play. Right. Sure. So this isn't a situation where, you know, Hey, Braden's been good and you guys aren't giving him enough respect and that kind of stuff. I just think it's kind of gotten to the point where it's just, it's just disrespectful to, to the manner in which it's like, he's viewed and talked about It's like, you know, he's a soft kid and he's, you know, he doesn't love football and, and, and there's all these kind of things that kind of that it, maybe at times there's been a kernel of truth to them or not, or whatever. But it just has kind of turned into this thing where people are just writing him off. Like, right. you know, some people have a very healthy view of Braden Lindsay, which is, you know, I think this kid could be a really impact player if this, 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 this happens. But he's got to show me he can do this, this, this and this. And that's a totally fine, fair thing to say. 
but it's to the point now where it's kind of like with Braden Lindsay where, and, and it's going to be this way for some of my other players. And it's why I almost had Chris Tyree in my disrespected list. I did, originally did, but I had to move him over to make room for my number three guy. But it was just kind of like where people are just like, I just can't wait for Braden Lindsay to get beat out. I'm like what? Like that, that's, that's your thought on Braden Lindsay. Like one of your most explosive yeah. guys on your team. Like you he's just want to get beat about. out. He's forgot- well, I, forgotten. I don't even think about. he's forgotten about. I think there's, there's like vitriol towards him with people. Like there's a dislike for him with some people, which I don't understand. And, and, you know, I've gotten a chance to know Braden a little bit over the years. He's a very nice kid. I really, I really enjoy him. And, and, you know, he did some solid things last year for them. He was very dynamic and impactful player in 2019 you know, for, for Notre Dame and, and show that he can be that guy. And yes, he's been injured and those things are frustrating, but it's kind of at the point now where it's like people just assume a something negative about Braden Lindsay and, and, and root actively root for him to not kind of have a role. And, and that kind of like, wow, okay, that's a little strange. In, instead of sort of some of the healthy things we could say about him, like, you know, he's got to prove that he cannot go through a full season and all that, you know, so I, his the how he is viewed with some of the Notre Dame fan base really kind of like makes me scratch my head a little bit with with how he is viewed and and how he's talked about amongst the fan base. I mean, I I think the kid's got a chance to be an impact player. He's got a lot to prove, but I mean, I think we should all be hoping that he does break out because he can do things that really not a lot of other guys on the roster can do. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good one. And he was he was on my short list. There's no question. I have a couple guys on my short list. We can get like an honorable mention a little bit later if they don't get mentioned by either <laughs> one of us. But um, yeah, he was definitely on my short list. That's for sure. You know, my second guy, and I'm moving to the other side of the football now. And, and both of these guys are going to come from the same uh, the same room. But uh, my my first one's JD Bertrand. And mm-hmm. look, JD Bertrand had one of the quietest years at middle linebacker 100 plus tackles he led the team in tackles had 101 tackles on the season i mean his numbers were really really good now does he have things that he needs to work on yeah of course no question but i think he you know with the the linebacking class that came in this year you know you got junior two alamaca doing his thing and i think people have just absolutely forgotten about jd bertrand and what he brings to the table at middle linebacker i mean he holds the team together at D on defense. He, you know, he's the middle linebacker. He's the captain of the defense, et cetera. I just think he gets overlooked an awful lot. It was a lot of production from a guy that a lot of people aren't talking about. Right. And I think this is a prime example of who's the next big thing at Mike linebacker, but you've got a returning starter. Like, I just think that he's sort kind of, of right. Sort of, you know what I mean? mean? He was, yeah, sort of, sort of, he was a will last year. And I think right. that adds, but I think that adds to your point, though, Vince. Is yeah, he had the production he had while playing out of position. Right, I would exactly. argue he was playing out of position. I think that right. you know, Will is not the natural position for him. You know, and you talk about his production. I mean, in in the last, I'm going all the way back to 2015, mm-hmm. 2000, yeah, 14, 2013, 2012. So if you go all the way back to 2010. There have been three players that had more solo tackles than what J.D. Bertrand had last year. Mm-hmm. That, and, and he had 63 solo tackles. Here's the list. Manti Teo, who only did it once in three years since 2010. And that was in, two, that was in 2010. He had 64, one more than J.D. Bertrand. Here's the other guy on the list. Cat named Jalen Smith, who had 64 <laughs> and 69 in 14 and 15. 
He was pretty decent, right? A bit. And then the bit. other one, uh, well, I'm sorry, I, I, I correct myself. There's only two that had more than him. Another guy tied him. That was Tavon Coney in 2018 in 13 games. You know, so when you look at J.D. Bertrand, and and J- two of those three guys were Mike's. Right. He did that as a will. Will. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yep. so I feel I feel like JD, to your point, it, I was thinking about him when you put him on your list. It made it easier for me to sure. not put him on mine because right. I knew we'd get to talk about him. But yeah, right. I don't think Absolutely. there's enough. I think that sometimes with him, people didn't think he was any good. So then they grab on to the to the to the holes in his game, length, missed tackles. And allow those to completely overshadow right. all the good he's done as a football player. And those are things in, he needs to work on. In There's his no first doubt. year as a starter. Right. Exactly. In his first year as a starter. And he wasn't anticipating being a starter. I mean, maybe right. he was, but like the us well, as Maris a whole. Well, going to start at will if he exactly. doesn't get hurt. 100%. Exactly. And, and J.D. had a good fall. I mean, we were all talking about him. I mean, he was making plays. He was doing all these things. But it's like, well, you know, Maris is still a starter, you know, until he got hurt. And you're like, okay. You know, JD can do a decent job of filling in. He'll be okay. You know, he'll he'll be solid, right? Well, I think he went above and beyond solid, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I just, I think that a lot of people aren't talking about him, especially since Maris is coming back, right? Because now all the focus is on what can Maris be, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I just think he gets a little bit of disrespect when it comes to all that with the season that he had yeah. and the potential that he has moving forward in helping out this linebacking core. So, Vince, I would like for you to then give your number three because they kind okay. of go hand in hand. And sure. I think it would make sense to transition from that one to your next one. Absolutely. So my third one, is, like I said, I'm staying in the same room. I'm going with uh, Jack Kaiser on this one. And look, no one on the defense had bigger shoes to fill than Jack Kaiser. Okay. You think? I, mean, I don't think there's any any better way to put it, right? No one has a bigger... replacing a Buckus Award winner considered a difficult thing to do. Hmm, okay. You know, slightly difficult, right? Um, and look, he had his share of missed opportunities as well. I mean, we, we could harp on that if we wanted to, but I think that also overshadows the good that he did. I almost feel like it's a very similar conversation for JD as it is for Jack to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because he made the routine plays. He made a lot of plays, and he played the position differently than his predecessor, okay? Mm-hmm. He did, he, and it's the same position, but he played it differently. And they used him a bit differently as well. I think that also needs to be understood. But he held his own, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he was top seven in tackles, in space, and all those different things. I, I would have loved to see a few more tackles for loss, of course. Um, but again, he's not the same player as Jeremiah Wusukormo. He, he never will be, and for us to expect him to be is, is not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's just not okay. Um, but I think he did a really, really good job at his spot and he held it down. And I, I think he's very much disrespected. I, I'm going to guess that you never saw his name in any of the preseason magazines that you've been reading. So no, well, and understandably I, so right? I, I get it. I get it. But I think to your point, to your point though, and this is why I wanted you to kind of go on these guys back to back is, you know, the secondary was ranked fourth by Lindy's in the mm-hmm. top 10 position groups. Linebacker wasn't in the top 10. Right. Right. And and so I think I understand why, but I think it's a kind of a sign of disrespect a little bit because there are some mm-hmm. groups in there that um, like they lost some guys, too. Right. And it's like uh, you're assuming those guys are going to step up and play well, you know. And uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Mm-hmm. So who's your number three, Brian? Tyler Buckner. 
And the great thing oh. is there's someone in the chat showing exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tyler Buckner went from like Messiah uh, going to fix all of our problems. He should start over Jack Cohn, which, you know, not we weren't saying that. No. To doing exactly what we said he should do last year to now people talking about, well, he can't play, can't throw. You know, yeah, I know he threw for 4,500 yards as a junior and 58 touchdowns, and he wasn't asked to throw last year, but, you know, he can't throw now. All yeah, of a sudden. he can't and it's throw just, at all. It's all it, To the point where it's like there's people assuming, like, okay, Dante Moore is going to come to Notre Dame and beat Tyler Buckner out as a friend. I mean, we've heard that plenty of times, right? And, and, and we've, you know, how many times has that popped up in our chat? But right, we're already, like, but we're already hearing about Dante Moore being an afterthought now too. After the right, news, right. twenty-four it hours, kinda, it's like it's just kind of how it is, right? Know, and it's I like, know. well, he wasn't that good anyway. It's right, like, yeah. Some it's some of favorite. the disrespect that Tyler Buckner gets, and then nationally, there's just this this thought of, well, you know, this is the the the. If you read people that talk about Notre Dame, one of the biggest things that they 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 say for their concerns about Notre Dame, it's always quarterback, 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 mm-hmm. quarterback. Sure. And then you look at kind of like how some of the other top quarterbacks were viewed last year. There was an assumption that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and a lot of these other sophomores were going to jump up in the in the sophomore seasons, but Tyler Buckner doesn't get that to the doubt. Right. And then, you know, somebody's like, well, you know, look what happened against Virginia Tech, and, and he's not a winner. And I'm like, okay, they let's not forget they were losing 10 to nothing when he came into the game. Can we, can we like, pretend like, – not <laughs> pretend that that was the case? Right. And, uh, you know, it just – it's gotten to the point where – I just I look at it and I'm like, some of y'all just have no idea what's about to happen this year. I mean, again, look, does he got us to prove he can stay healthy? Sure, Absolutely. that's that, yeah. that's a totally. If if that's your concern, totally fine with that. You know, right. he got to improve his game and all that. Sure, but if you're looking at how he played in 2021 and you're using that as your reason he can't play in 2022, is it's like then you don't understand what he was put in the game for, right? I mean, that's kind of. That's kind of been my big thing. So I just um, I, I look at him and I just feel like this kid's getting disrespected from outside sources and uh, even more so from Notre Dame fans, which is kind of surprising when you consider the exact opposite was happening a year ago. So it's kind of like it, it's kind of like we at times have a lack of ability to self-reflect on our own opinions. Right. Sure. And so we set a standard for someone. They don't live up to it. Instead of looking at it like maybe, maybe I shouldn't have assumed he's going to win the Heisman last year. I say sarcastically, hyperbolic to make a point, right? Instead of looking at it and saying, you know what, maybe my expectations were wrong. It's no, 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 no. He can't play now. And it's kind of like, well, no, we tried to tell you all what his role was going to be last year. It was exactly that. He was a dynamic player. He averaged over seven yards a carry, and they took away half of what he can do because that's not what they needed him to do last year. Exactly. So it's not you what know, he was prepared to do either. Like that, right? I think people need to understand that too. It's not like they were giving him straight up number two reps behind Jack Cohn right. last year and asking right. him to do what Jack Pine was, was getting doing. a lot of those. Exactly, right. Pine point. was getting yes. a lot of those. Exactly, because what he wasn't getting was the forty percent reps that a number two quarterback normally gets. That's what he was not getting last year. And then he gets thrust into the Virginia Tech game, and then it's funny the people that are disrespecting him only focus on some of the struggles in the second half, and they forget about how good he looked early. You know, five of eight, 104 yards, a touch, you know, leads them on two touchdown drives. And they end up going from down 10 to nothing to 14 to 
14 to 10 lead at halftime. And then, of course, Virginia Tech was able to take advantage of the fact that he didn't get those reps to run the entire offense and see those kind of things. So uh, that's just some of those things where you look at it and you say, you know, that, that he's just he's just he's not only not um, he's not only not getting like not, he's not underrated because I don't think you can be underrated when you haven't played a, a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, the issue is, uh, I think it's more of it's disrespectful. That's my that's my that's my thing. So we have another category that we need to discuss today, Brian. And that category is uh, underrated as opposed to disrespectful. So this is a different kind of way to look at things. And I think, you know, there's going to be a little bit of crossover, I think, between our lists here. But I think that that's understood because you can look at it from two different perspectives. And Mm -hmm. uh, I really like your disrespected list. I do you want me to lead off or do you want to lead yeah, let's, off? Yeah, let's kick it off because our number one most underrated player, our number one guy is the same guy. Okay, cool. Then that's easy. Right. <laughs> that's easy. I, I'm yeah. assuming it's the the fan club that I'm a part of. But yeah, president. not I'm a part of. Uh, <laughs> founder. You're and president. Member. You're the founder, president, <laughs> and main promoter of that fan club, of which I am – a mem- I'm a member of the we fan have club. You, we have jackets. You are you are the founder and, <laughs> and president and CEO of that fan club. So yes, right. we're talking about course, Cam Hart. So we're talking about Cam Hart. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So Cam Hart is definitely on my underrated list. And and the fact that you told me that Lindy's has Notre Dame secondary as the, in the top ten for all of college football did surprise me a little bit because I think that overall the the secondary is underrated, with the exception of Joseph at safety. I think he is very highly rated by a lot of people. And I think that he is going to get a lot of respect from people coming from Northwestern to Notre Dame since he was an all American, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he is actually getting a lot of respect. I do not think that Cam Hart is getting the respect that he Mm -hmm. deserves or the rating that he deserves. Cause he look, he's still going to be the number one corner in Notre Dame secondary on apparently a top 10 secondary. So that tells me that he's pretty darn good. And he will – I want to be careful with the verbiage that I use. I don't want to say he's going to lock down every guy that he covers and, you know, all of those different things. But there's a reason that he didn't get a lot of opportunities last year because teams realized how good Cam Hart was and they were going another direction. So I think opposing offenses held Cam Hart in high regard, okay, but I don't think he's getting the national attention that he deserves at this sure. point in his career. And I think this year is going to go a long way to getting him that status that I think that he deserves going into the year. But I think he's going to prove a lot of people, I wouldn't say wrong, but he's going to end up on some lists and he's going to open some eyes and things of that nature moving forward. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that he's not getting the love that he deserves in the preseason. I thought that Lind. I was happy to see Lindy's put him as the number ten corner in the country coming back. I mean, I think you can make a case for him a couple spots higher, but I, I think he showed at least enough first year things that I'm fine at ten. the The issue is is that there, there's a lot of people not even putting him anywhere close to the top ten or fifteen. Right. I mean, I, right. I saw. I think like Mel was it Mel Kiper? Was it his big board? I thought his big Mel Kiper's 2023 big board. I I don't think he even had. I'm going to actually look it up because now that I'm, I'm trying to think about it, but I don't even think he had Cam Hart on his top cornerback list. Maybe it was him. 
but I see a lot of these different lists for like the draft and like coming into the season and you see all these top tens and top 15s and top 20s and you just don't see Cam Hart mentioned yet. He didn't have Cam Hart anywhere on there for his top 10 kind of heading into the draft. And he's got the kid from Stanford, you know, Caillou Blue Kelly, who's a nice player, ranked number five. He's got Joey Porter Jr. in there and it's like, okay, you need to have Cam Hart in there. So I, I think he's definitely underrated. I don't think he's disrespectful because I think people will people will give him or say hey, he's, he had a good first year and all that. He's just got a lot to prove, which I think is fair. But I think even his start, I think the, the thing for me is his starting point should still be higher. Right. Now, I think Cam can prove to be a top five to six corner this year. He's exactly. got to prove that. There's a sure. there's room for improvement needed to get there. And I have no problem with that. At, right. With what you're talking about, I have no problem with it, but he should at least be in the discussion going right. into the season. And yeah. some people don't have him in that conversation, and that's right. the thing where I think he's underrated. I mean, we're even seeing that from some Notre Dame fans. I mean, we, we saw this the other day where somebody's like, oh, he's got to prove a lot more. And I'm like, he was but statistically he gave up fewer yards last year than Troy Pride gave up and or than Julian Love gave up in each of his last two years when he was an all-American football player. And yet there's because I, I think sometimes sometimes we have a tendency to form an opinion and it takes an insane amount of information to change that opinion as opposed mm-hmm. to just hey, let, let me here's my opinion, but I'm gonna let the data prove me wrong. I, I thought Kyron Williams is a, was was one of the lowest ranked kids in that in that two thousand 20 uh 2019 class right and but you know what he pretty quickly proved me wrong right and you have to be willing to admit that and you know you you did admit that so to the point where i was surprised he fell in the draft as far as he did so i think some of us need to not hold on to to those assumptions we made or you know opinions that we had as hard as we do we need to allow the data and the the evidence to prove us wrong And, and for the people that are still saying cornerback is you know, Cam Hart's not a proven player for Notre Dame. It's like I just don't know what I don't know what you're watching at that point. I had one person saying he's like, well, he never shows up in games. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Yarley ever him talked about in games. I was like, you do know that's a positive, right? You do right, know that exactly. you just kind of proved your point wrong because <laughs> if you're only watching on TV and you never hear his name called, that means they're not completing passes on him, right? Like you're not making the point you think you're making, but you know that it's. It is what it is. So, but, uh, so Cam Hart's my number one. Who's your number two disrespected? Cause you're, I think you, you, uh, you kind of had, um, lumped two into one. I totally cheated. Yeah. I'll I'll allow it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I had a sidebar with you earlier, so we're good. Um, but so my number two are two guys and they both happen to uh, be the exact same age. And that would they be the look alike brothers. No, they're, they're, they're like three minutes apart in age. Okay. That's actually closer than my twins are. So there you go. Um, but uh, so you eloquently talked about Jason Adam a little already, so I won't necessarily rehash that, but I think he is underrated and I could see the disrespected side of right. it as well. For the same I, reasons. Right. Exactly. Yes. So I'm, there's no point in rehashing that, but I will talk about Justin Adam Alola, and I think that he is underrated not only by the national people, but also by fans to a bit, to a degree as well. Because look, he's not even slated to start this year. I'm right. guessing, right? The way things are shaking out, and he was second on the team in sacks last year. So, right. well, you know, five. People, I mean, he had you know decent. People year. forget that Justin Adam Alola had a really good season, and that he's a really good football player. And I think people mm-hmm. also forget. Going when the recruiting started, if you want to go all the way back to that, he was more highly recruited 
than his brother was. Now, granted, that, on, yeah. that shifted, granted, but he was more highly recruited than his brother. So I think Justin Admalola almost feels like an afterthought because I will piggyback off of your point when you talk about when guys came in and how they were rated and things like that. There was a lot of people out there that thought that he was an add-on to Jason. Basically, hey, we're going to offer his brother to make sure that Jason comes, like that kind of a thing. I think that was a very widely held thought process with a mm. lot of fans. And that is so not the case. He has 100% earned his scholarship, and I would feel just fine with Justin Adamalola starting on the defensive line. Now, luckily, the defensive line is one that you're pretty much going to need eight guys in order to be effective. And sure. So he's almost like a pseudo-starter, and his numbers are going to be really good. I think his numbers are going to be better than they were last year, frankly. Sure. Um, I think he's going to get forgot about. I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities, and I think he's going to do – some really, really good things this year, and I don't think anybody's going to see it coming outside of our wonderful people that listen to us on a regular basis. Right. I, I really because yeah, I feel like he's someone who in this in these chats gets a lot of respect. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, but, like, but I, but I, when I talk yeah. to other circles, yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely someone that I think gets gets underrated. My number two is is, and I had a hard time on where to put him. And I think a case could be made that I should have fl- flipped Jason and Chris Tyree and okay. put Jason Adamula in the underrated category because I don't think Notre Dame fans, for the most part, underrate Jason Adamula. Uh, most of the disrespect for him, to me, comes from an out- the outside. And so I think that you could have made a case that, that Chris Tyree deserves to be in the disrespected category. But for me, I'm going to put him in the underrated category because I don't think I don't think, especially fans, like I understand some some from a national standpoint why he's not uh, you know not rated where he should because he doesn't have a ton of production production. But I, I think that there's a lot of people that have picked this game apart to the point where they they don't understand kind of what they're watching mm-hmm. from the standpoint of like you know well they watch Kyron Williams and then they watch Chris Tyree and they're like well Chris isn't doing what Kyron's doing so he he's not good. It's like right. well they're different players right and, and he's doing it. and it's so like. You know, I had somebody the other day say, um, you know, when's he ever had a, you know, he's never had any big games or big moments. And I'm like, you do know he had 100 yards receiving in the most recent game that he played in, right? Yeah. Get that, right? (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, but no, they don't. And um, it, 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 I think he's very underrated. Now, look, part of that is his own issue. And and not that he's anything wrong. You can't control an injury, but I think part of it is because he, he, he did miss, the spring. I think if Chris Tyree would have played in the spring, we would have a different view of him. And I think that could be the counter argument to people who say he shouldn't be, I shouldn't consider him underrated that he's perfectly evaluated perfectly because of a lack of production and the injury stuff. So I think that'd be a very fair thing. And that's why I took him off the disrespected thing, because I do sort of understand why there are some, some people saying, I'm not sure if I'm ready to jump on the Chris Tyree bandwagon. But I do. That's why I left him in the the underrated. So yeah, I, 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 I think that's a better place for him. I think that his impact has not been given enough respect. Even last year with all the injuries, he had a fifty something yard reception against Toledo in a game that if you take that play away, I don't know if Notre Dame wins that game. Sure, right. I mean, so what was it like seventeen sixteen at the time? I think mm-hmm. is when that play was. That sounds right. That sounds right. And so you know that turned out to be a pretty big play. And then you look at obviously what he was able to do. Uh, against, um, you know, against uh, Oklahoma State, a team that allowed one 100-yard receiver all season, and then he goes out and 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 
and uh, you know does what he does. So I, I just I was a little surprised that uh, it was no it was some I'm actually looking at that play now trying to find that play. Uh, Chris Tyree highlights against uh, Toledo, but I just kind of feel Vince, like I said, I don't think he gets enough. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he has done. We can say, hey, look, he needs to do more. He needs to stay healthy. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. And I think all those things are fair. I think it's more about, I just feel like he doesn't get enough credit for what he has done in at, at Notre Dame. And I think that's kind of why he falls into the underrated category for me. Yes, a lot to prove. Don't don't disagree with that. He does. But I, and and I think people underestimate his impact on special teams as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I that Wisconsin play was huge. It was the turning point in that game. I mean, mm-hmm. it really was. They were losing at that time when he took that kickback. I mean, that was the turning point. That swung the momentum from one side to the other. And then the defense pretty much took it over from there. But at the same time, people forget that that's part of his game as well, right? right? And he, in, I guess I'm projecting or predicting a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be getting the number of carries that is going to prevent him from still being a kick return guy, right? And so I think if right. his impact on the football game is still going to be twofold, sure. threefold if you count rushing, receiving, sure. and returning, right? So I think his right. all yards are going to be massive and it's going to be huge for this team as long as he can stay healthy. And that is, that's a question mark. There's no question about that. I mean, I I think that's something that we have to take into consideration, but again, that's not necessarily his fault, but if he can stay healthy, I think he goes way out of the underrated category very quickly. Right. I think for me, when you look at Chris Tyree, even for all the issues that he had last year with health and all that kind of stuff, the fact is, is Chris Tyree made two huge huge fourth quarter plays that helped Notre Dame win football games. The Georgia, the uh, Toledo game, they were winning 17 to 14. Uh, That made it a 24 to, to, it made it a 24 to 16 game. Toledo went right down the field and scored the next drive. If if Chris Tyree doesn't make the play that he made, you know, let's, who knows the way the Notre Dame offense was playing, who knows if they, if they score there, you know? So, you know, they were at, you know, not even the midfield yet. It was a first down. Maybe they go down and score. Maybe they just get a field goal. And then now they're down. So, there's a lot there's a lot and then of course the wisconsin kick return i mean for we forget that notre dame had just fumbled the ball drew pine had just been sacked fumbled wisconsin had gotten the ball taken the lead to go up 13 10 and chris tyree you know takes it back and and the very next kick takes it back 90 plus yards and notre dame's got the lead again in the fourth quarter so you know say what you want about him but he had two game-changing plays last year for notre dame in in key moments and that was as a backup now he's going to get a chance to to play more and he's got to prove that he can be healthy and do that. But I, I think he's not – he doesn't get enough respect for what he's doing, but I don't think he's disrespected because I understand kind of why. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm that's where I'm coming from. So who's your number – who's your number um, three I'm at, yeah, guy I'm at, on the list? <laughs> I'm at three plus. We'll call it three plus. Um, but my, my three plus is a guy that we already talked about as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Tyler Buckner. I think he is, he is severely underrated and I'm, I'm looking at the chat right now and I'm seeing that one person in particular is definitely underrating Tyler Buckner. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting ready to put somebody in timeout. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but no, look, Tyler Buckner is the clear starter on, on this football team. He is, and look, th- this season it is going to be made made or broken by the play of the quarterback. And I think that, that you could say that about a lot of teams, right? But I think that we are all in agreement, you and I, and 
not the one guy, um, about the fact that Tyler Buckner is the clear quarterback for this team. And now I will also say that if if Drew Pine's number is called, I have faith that he can run the offense. Okay. I I, I will always say that. And I know you've said that as well, but but Tyler Buckner brings something different to this offense that they haven't had in a while. Um, and I think that he's going to be dynamic. And I think that a lot of people are, I don't know whether it's they're looking at, at, at Dante Moore. I don't know whether they just don't have any faith based on a couple, you know, the interceptions that he threw last year. And we've talked about that a million times. Um, I, I don't know where the non-confidence is coming for from or for Tyler Buckner. And the fact that they didn't get to see him in the spring game, I think hurts that perception. I really do. And, mm-hmm. the, and the manner in which he was injured, walking down the stairs, I get it. You can say a million different things about that particular injury. Mm-hmm. I get that. But he's still I, – I saw him, you know, walking and running around a little bit the other day over at the practice facility. The dude's fine. He's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be fine all summer. He's going to be fine going into fall, and he's going to prove – that he is the guy that is going to lead this offense. And I was actually talking to somebody earlier today and they, they were asking me, you know, do I think the offense is going to take a step back this year? I think they're going to take a step forward this year. I think they're going to be mm-hmm. more dynamic. I think they're going to have more playmakers uh, this year. And I think Tyler Buckner is the guy to get the ball in their hands. And he's also going to be a playmaker himself. So um, nationally, I think he's underrated. I think with an aspect of the fan base, I think he's underrated. But I think he is going to prove a lot of people wrong uh, moving forward this season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I went. So first of all, we are going to do a Q&A afterwards if we have questions. I haven't seen any really so far, but if you guys do want to ask questions, you can go ahead and start throwing those in now and we'll, we'll get into those that can be related to this topic or other topics. But uh, just kind of throwing out that or start putting those in there, because if we don't have any, we'll, we'll we'll take off. No worries. We won't have to do a long show today <laughs> because there's uh, another one coming. Right. I mean, you right. Mentioned- there's going to be another one coming. Right. Uh, not sure of what the time is. That's why you need to be subscribed and hit the notification bell. Oh, right. So that's right why you there. need to hit. You need to be subscribed and hit the notification so that you are made aware that we are having a show. So we'll do one either around four thirty five o'clock. Man, it is being me today. So we'll have to see about that. But we'll we'll, we'll find out. So, Vince, I had a tough time with my third one. Okay. And uh, I felt like I wanted to go with, like, Blake Fisher for a while because I feel like he's being underrated because, I, you know, Joe Walt played so well. Blake didn't play a ton. And there's all this hype about Joe Walt and and all those type of things. I feel like Blake Fisher. But then I'm like, but he's played a game and a half of football. I understand why he's being underrated. Like, I do think he's being underrated, but I didn't have him on the top three because I understand. He's played a game and a half of football. Right. 
Yeah, I thought about doing Josh Lug, but I was like, you know, but but I understand some of the reasons that Josh Lug is being over under underrated. Excuse me, you know the injuries, and he's been out of position at times, and you know I'm, I I don't agree with it, but I can understand. And Josh has some stuff to prove as well. I thought about Maris Lua foul, but then I was like, but he didn't play last year, and you know, there's all these type of I, I went a lot of different angles, but I just kept coming back to one guy, and and that is Avery Davis. And I feel like him not playing in the spring, I think like there's some people that kind of forget he's a part of the team. You know, I've, I've heard people kind of talk about the receiver position next year and and they don't even mention like that he's a part of it. So he still is on the team and he still is uh, a guy that's going to be counted on, assuming he's healthy, right? This is the big key. But Day- Avery has been a really money player for Notre Dame the last couple of years. And and I don't think people get enough. They don't – they don't. I, and, and partly me, when I say people, I'm also talking about myself at times, but Avery has had some really clutch plays that we don't pay enough attention to. I mean, even, you know, the third down touchdown against Duke two years ago in the opener, right? I mean, he just was such a good third down player in 2020. And then, you know, then you think about the Clemson game and, you know, we all remember the the long pass that he caught that got them into scoring range, but then we forget he worked himself open to get the touchdown pass for me and book a couple plays later that tied the game up. And so, you know, he had another really good sideline catch that game. That was important. Like Avery's been a very integral part of this offense. And, and I kind of feel like you're underrating him because I don't know if we, if we have to be able to look at receivers differently, like him not being Will Fuller or that is, doesn't mean he's not good. Yeah, Some guys have very important roles. I mean, Hunter Renfro, if you look at his college stats, Hunter Renfro never had any like, you know, big, big, you know, like, oh, wow, look at, you know, that thousand yard season, right? Right. That kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Hunter Renfro's numbers now, his four years, he had 33 catches for 492, 44 catches for 495, 60 catches for 602, 49 catches for 544 yards. He only had 15 touchdowns his entire career. But, but they you know, I can, I can remember like five of them like <laughs> yeah. off the top of my head. You know what right. I mean? Like because they were they were really important plays. He was a really clutch player, even though the volume wasn't there of the Mike Williams and Artavis Scott and T. Higgins and Justin Ross. He was a really productive player. You know, Avery hasn't gotten to that level. You know, he was at 24 catches for 322 yards in 2020. He was at 27 catches. For 386 yards last year, he's but he's only been playing receiver for two years. I mean, he's got eight. He's got eight touchdowns in three years, six in the last two, and and so yeah, he he. I'd like to see him get the ball more. I think part of that's been a byproduct of some of the other issues that the program has had, and yeah. and I think a guy like Avery needs a quarterback that can be a really quick decision maker, and 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 there's some other things that I think were lacking last year that kind of kept tamped his production down a little bit. Plus, last year, his 27 catches for 386 yards came in eight games. I felt like, he, yeah, he was – when he got hurt, um, that was a huge blow to this team. Yeah. There, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, he was, he's an integral part of what they wanted to do offensively. And I think not necessarily last year, but the year before, he was massively underutilized. Um, right. I, I love – Avery Davis and I love what he brings to the table not on the field and off the field for that matter but um he's fast he runs good routes I think he's really coming into his own as a receiver (laughs) yeah well seriously talk about coming into your own Vince last year I mean if you project his numbers in eight games over 12 or I mean over 13 
It's 44 catches for 627 yards right. and six touchdowns. That, that's right. right on par with what Hunter Renfro did. Matter of fact, Better. I think that would have been more than Hunter Renfro ever had in a single season. Yeah, it would have. His highest was 602, and he did that in 14 games because they were they were a you know team that made the the, the playoff. That was in 2017. Yeah. So I think Avery, and I think him getting hurt last year also factored into that. I think if Avery would have finished the year putting up those numbers, maybe you have a different opinion, which is understandable. Again, I don't. I'm not criticizing people for underrating Avery Davis. It's more of just a. I mean, this this kid is this kid's been pretty clutch for Notre Dame, and, yeah. and, and it's not always about the production. It's also about when that production comes. Sure. And you know, like I even think about last year in, in the the um, the Purdue the Purdue game. And it's just like, you know, the offense is just really struggling and they just can't get going. And then all of a sudden, Avery just busts out a 60-yard touchdown pass. And it's like, okay, right. that was pretty pretty big moment in that game. It kind of sparked the offense a little bit. You know, I mean, you look at it, Notre Dame was it was a 10 to 6 game in the third quarter. Notre Dame is struggling, and bam, you know, that and that that's kind of what helped Notre Dame start to pull away. You know, they Purdue scored back, but it's like that score made it closer where Avery kind of put them up you know, put some distance early on. So mm-hmm. I think Avery Davis is a kid that, that is a very important piece of this. And him being healthy is going to be a very important part yeah. of Notre Dame's offense being successful this year. Completely very agree. Important aspect to and it. everybody talks about the depth at wide receiver and, and things of that nature. I think with a healthy Avery Davis, I'm not saying you forget about the depth situation, but that is going to help immensely right. because he snaps and those can be productive snaps. Okay. And he can also be – the leader in that room uh, because obviously he's been around for a long time, Braden Lindsay as well. Um, but I think more so Avery Davis uh, just because, you know, he used to be a quarterback and when you're a quarterback, you're used to kind of taking on that leadership role, et cetera, just because of the position that you play. Um, and the fact that he has taken on wide receiver in the manner that he has, he's clearly a leader. I mean, there's no question about that. So I think the leadership off the field, I think the production on the field, if he's healthy, we're going to be talking right. a lot about, I didn't even mention that he was a captain last year. Right. I didn't mention that. Right. Like, right. I, yeah, completely. I just don't, I just underrated a guy that I said is underrated. I didn't even talk right. about like the aspect of the fact that this kid brings quarterback, he brings a quarterback mentality. Right. To exactly. the receiver position because he was a quarterback. It's that calm demeanor, that leadership, you know, that, hey, guys, we're going to be fine because that's what receiver, that's what quarterbacks do. Right. That, that's how you're supposed to be. And, you know, it was, um, it was, it was like a, a key part of that. So yes, mm-hmm. I I feel like he is a kid that doesn't get enough love. And in my defense of him, I didn't even talk about one of the most important aspects of him, which I think again, it's just so much of that gets underrated that even yeah. I didn't talk about. Could not about agree. It. He's always been one of my favorite players, to be honest with you. And I was devastated when he got hurt. Yeah. Um, I was hoping he. He's like, man, now, this he... kid's been through enough in his career. Like, really, do we? Does he need that? Exactly. Yeah. And I, and. You know, he was able to do a lot of the individual drills and things of that nature during spring ball. So I fully anticipate him being 100%, not only just for the summer and the workouts and all of that, but going into fall camp as well. So just hoping he can be healthy moving forward because I think he'll be a huge part of this offense both on and off the field. Mm-hmm. I think me having Buckner in the disrespected category just got proven. I saw a comment that compared him to Andrew Hendricks. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw, like, what are you talking about, man? It's okay. Just, um, but, uh-huh. but I mean, I think that's part of the fun though, of this whole thing though, Vince, honestly, I mean, we're talking about underrated disrespect, but like, if everybody just jumped in here and had the same exact opinion on everything, it just would make for really boring shows. I, 
And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I, but it's just kind of like, but it's kind of fun to give that back and forth and doing all those kind of things. But uh, yeah, I think really, Davis is that guy. Here we go. This is a fun one right here. The whole team is underrated. Can't wait. For, there you go. That's, there, there you go. go. There you go. Since there it's a short go. show. Boom. Five seconds. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I don't think people would have liked that very much. No, either. What a great comment yeah. from Mike. Yeah, yeah that's good. Nothing personal kind of mentions it though. He says, I like Avery Davis, but I think everyone is too excited for Styles Merriweather and what we've heard Lindsay could over could become. That's exactly my point. Like you're making my point, which you know, like that's it. It's like everybody's looking for that other guy that's gonna step right. up and we forget like Notre Dame has a and keep talking about like nobody has anybody proven at receiver, and I'm like, mm, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> right. His name's Avery Davis, <laughs> he's still on and, the and- team. And he's the most proven guy that they've got coming back. There's no question right. about that. So he's going right. to need help. He's going to need help. There. Right. I mean, absolutely. The guys that he mentioned right there, I have a lot of faith in what Lorenzo Styles can do. I mean, Tobias Merriweather is a different – it's just a different conversation. It's not that I don't have faith in him, but he's probably just now getting on campus this week, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's a different conversation for him. And then Braden Lindsay's a different conversation as well because he hasn't – he's shown flashes, but not the consistency. Avery Davis right. has shown all of those things. He just needs to stay healthy, and right. that's it. So, yeah, he he's by far the most proven guy they have coming back, and that's a great place to start. Well, I'd like to point out in regards to Tyler Buckner's accuracy that he completed passes at a higher level last year than Bryce Young did as a freshman. Just wanted to point that out. 